Welcome, Trina Parnell here, and today I have a special treat for you all that I am really excited about. Um, about a month ago, I was playing around in Facebook and I saw a post from one of the very first business coaches that I started following uh, back in 2020, and her name is Rebecca Tracy. She's the owner and founder of The Uncaged Life and is a fellow Canadian that has been extremely successful in the past few years with her coaching business. And so a month ago, I stumbled on this post from Rebecca and she was looking to be hosted on some podcasts. And at the time, I had been toying around with interviews, kind of waiting for the right time. But when I saw Rebecca's post, I saw the invitation for what it was, an opportunity. And so in this episode, Rebecca and I sit down and we chat about her journey to become her own boss and the challenges she faced in getting started along with some great advice for anyone looking to start a business or going after a big dream. And she also has some great insight about how running your own business is actually the perfect activity for the introverted soul. And so this is the shit they should have taught us in school. Hi, Rebecca. It's so great to have you on. How are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I wanted to chat with you, you know, about your business, um, the uncaged life, like really what inspired it? Yeah, it's the fun. The name is somebody actually just asked me about the name recently on a podcast. And it's funny because the name kind of actually came just through like a random brainstorming session. And I was like, who cares? Good enough. Just let's pick it and move on. And it's stuck over. It's been 12 years now. So um, the business started back in 2011 and I was doing more coaching then. So I would say I was like mostly life coach, a little bit of business, a little bit of nutrition. I was like trying to smush a whole bunch of things together. It didn't work. <laughs> As you know, that doesn't work. But what I found during that time was I was coaching. I was coming out of coaching school. So I was practicing my coaching with a lot of my peers who were either other life coaches or other nutritionists. And the main thing that they all wanted coaching on was like what the F they were going to do with their lives after this training program was done. They all wanted to start a business, but they were kind of like the nutritionists were all like, I don't want to write recipes. And the coaches were like, I don't really know what I want to do. So I ended up just coaching them kind of inadvertently around their business. And most of them wanted to be creating a business that, you know, similar to what we have now, a business that gave them a lot of freedom, where they got to be the boss, they didn't want to have to work for someone else. And so I was coaching them around that. And to me, that was always the most important thing for me. I was constantly kind of floating from job to job, trying to find something that gave me a sense of freedom and gave me the ability to you know, take time off if I wanted to and not get in trouble for doing that, which was always happening. I was always getting fired from jobs. Uh, and so that's kind of where how the name, I think, came to be when I was in that very first brainstorming session, even before I knew exactly what my business was. The word uncaged kind of felt like it fit. So I stuck it on there and rolled with it. And it's still stuck. Yeah, this this much longer, <laughs> this much later. I can't believe that that name was like unplanned. It's so perfect. It's such a great name. It worked well. Yeah. Worked well. And I think it definitely a lot of the people I work with now resonate with that feeling of like wanting to be kind of uncaged from usually it's like a job that they're in that they hate is is the main type of cage I would say most people are in that um, that I work with. Absolutely. And so what made it because I think, you know, a lot of the times we can get these ideas and they they can be in our system. We get excited about them, but there's always the fear and desire dance that we do. 
what made this like a must for you? When was the moment that you were like, <laughs> I have? Yeah, to. I was. So I started this business when I was about 30. And at that time, I had just been kind of floating around random jobs. I would just work a job enough to make a bunch of money and then I would quit and then I would go and travel. I'd go to Southeast Asia for six months or I'd go to teach English somewhere for a year. And I was just kind of like back and forth between getting a job and then leaving again. And I remember turning 30 thinking that was so old at the time. Now I'm much older than that. <laughs> and um, 31. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just thinking like, I need to get my shit together. Like I need a job. Like I need an actual career job that I that I can do going forward that's actually going to like be something. You know, I was like, I'd be bartending and working at restaurants, which was fine. But I just knew that I didn't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Um, and so I remember getting serious about it. And my my boyfriend at the time and I had bought this really crappy old camper van and we were going to go on a year long rock climbing trip. And I remember thinking like I was excited to go on the trip, but I didn't want to delay this thing I was creating for like another year. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I say I want to be uncaged. I say I want to be able to have a job where I can work and travel. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. And so we took off on that year long trip and I started my business the same at the exact same time. Um, and I remember you know, living in this crappy camper van, traveling around, trying to find Wi-Fi, sitting in McDonald's because at the time, like free Wi-Fi wasn't everywhere. So there was like limited places you could find it. And just like sitting and writing blog posts about who knows what topics at the time. Um, and yeah, that was that was the beginning of it. That was that was the beginning of me getting serious about it was moving into a van and trying to do this thing at the same time, which I wouldn't recommend. But I remember the feeling of it was like this has to start and it has to work. That's so fun. I I did the same thing. I got a camera. <laughs> it's not an easy way to start a business because I tell no. you, like, we'd be off climbing and I was thinking about business. And when I was like doing work, I was thinking about climbing. And so it was hard to find the balance for sure. But it did give me a very low cost of living for a year, which was very nice because, you know, as you know, when you start a business, you're not making that much money at the start. So I was like, you know, making enough that I could afford to live in my van, which was pretty great. And you learn how to minimalize too, real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So would you say like that would be the most, like what was the most challenging thing that you had to overcome when building your business? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, it was just, it was other than just learning how to do everything in business, which was like the biggest thing because I didn't have, I feel like there's so much more out there now for people who start these kinds of businesses. And it was kind of just becoming a bit of a thing when I started in 2011. Like there wasn't as many resources for sure. Um, and so just all of the knowledge of like, how do you make a website? How do you actually market your business? How do you actually find clients and sell yourself? Like all of those things I had to learn. Um, but I think the biggest, I remember coming back from that trip and it was a year of living in the van and having so much freedom and coming back and going back and getting another bartending job. And I remember that being a, a difficult choice because I was like, okay, you said you were never going to do that again. Like this business has to work. And I think I, I just knew at the time, which is something that I'm sure you and I tell my clients all the time. It's like, you just can't expect it to happen overnight. And so I kind of sucked up my pride and went back and got another part-time bartending job that paid my rent until the business started making money. But just finding that balance at the beginning of like, am I a real business owner? Is this actually going to be a thing? Like, is it, should I just go and get a full-time job? Kind of trying to figure out how it fit when it was in that in-between stage when it wasn't totally working yet was challenging. So like the mindset sort of just. Yeah, just like path. keeping motivated about it because things were happening, but they weren't 
happening overnight, <laughs> obviously. And so just trying to stay motivated and also know that I had to be realistic about, you know, paying my bills, living in an expensive city um, once I was out of the van. Yeah, I think that's such like an important lesson is like, you know, maintaining the expectation of we get really excited. And then when we don't have that instant gratification, it's hard to recognize that we're actually making those steps. So, yeah. Um, awesome. So what is your I feel like I, I have an idea of what the answer is to this, but what would your favorite part be about being your <laughs> own boss? I mean, definitely making my own schedule. Like I work whenever I work at random times and I'm kind of always working because I'm running the business, but it is really, really nice to be able to, you know, like you live in BC. So you know what it's like, the sun's not always out to be able to look outside and be like, oh, the sun's out today. I'm not working. I'm going for a hike <laughs> with my dog and just not having to answer to a boss is a hundred percent my favorite thing about about running my own thing yeah there's lots of downsides to it but lots of pluses also i'm trying to think of how to word this question when you were working for people obviously there's certain things that come into your head that you're like oh i can't stand that my boss does this or i wish my boss did that do you have the weird boss quirk that you bring that you're like this is this is my thing we got to do it i would have to ask them i'm sure that there are things that they would say <laughs> i try to think especially with my team i try to think i i try to like treat the business as if i like if i was an employee like what would what would i like so i you know i try to let people work mostly on their own schedules because that's what i would want to do you know it's like we don't have a super strict rigid vacation schedule so i try to kind of consider that they also are probably on board with the uncaged idea and um, like having that kind of freedom and flexibility as well so right and what is something because this is called the the shit they should have taught us in school <laughs> so on that premise is there something whether it's with your business whether it's your personal life is there something that really sticks out to you that you wish that they had brought into the education system when you were growing yeah i think when i was a kid and in school, I don't think I like I didn't understand what people did for a living. It never I never quite understood the job options. Right. It was like you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be an astronaut. And I was that to me or you could be a business person. And to me, I remember growing up and like always asking people what they did and they'd tell me and I was like, but what do you actually do all day? Like, what are you what are you actually doing? And they were like, mostly sitting at a, at a desk. I was like, but what are you doing at the desk? Like my brain couldn't grasp what people do for eight or nine hours a day at a job. Um, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life until I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I know now, but it took me a long time to, I think, understand that there were job options outside of kind of like the typical ones that I think you learned about in like books as a kid. Three, <laughs> Three yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, even in university, it was like, I went to, uh, university and focused on health sciences and so it was sort of like okay I could be a doctor maybe I could be a physiotherapist like there was sort of these streams but I still just I feel like I had a really rigid understanding and maybe that was just like what I was exposed to but I had a pretty narrow and rigid understanding of what you could do for a job um, and that's what's been so fun about this business is I'm like oh you can just make a job that you're gonna like doing you can learn the skills you need to learn to be able to do that and anyone can do that and I think that's so fu so fun about what I do now is a lot of my students are 
older-ish in life and coming from a job that they don't love and creating something that they are excited about. So it's fun to get to show them that like you can actually have this other job that they never taught you about in school. Like no one ever told you you could, you know, be a life coach in school or be a business coach or do any of this stuff that we're all doing now in this weird online world. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, and then what what would be something that you think people often like misjudge about you? I would assume that most people think I'm an extrovert, probably. (laughs) Just because of, you know, I'm I have a business and so you're like seeing my face a lot online. Um, but the truth is I really am like I'm not very happy to be hiding behind my screen most of the time. (laughs) Um yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge extrovert. I can't do like networking events where you're in a room with a bunch of people and smoozing. Like I'm so awkward with that stuff. I hate it. I'd rather be like behind the screen leading a webinar with like 3000 people on it than be like schmoozing in a room of 20 people trying to make small talk. Oh, that's so interesting. What do you yeah. think? Like, is it just like the screen that you think that gives you like that safety or? Um, I don't know. I think I just get, I've just never been a, I can fake it, I think, pretty well. So I can like go to a party and chat with people, but it doesn't, it's never felt natural for me. Like I'm always like, okay, when can I go home now? When can I go home and just like curl up with my dogs? Does the 3000 people webinar feel natural though? Um, that feels fine. Yeah. Mostly because I I can't see people. So I'm right. just kind of like talking at a, <laughs> which is great for me. Yeah. Like practicing in front of the mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then what would you say is something that I guess you wish people knew about you? Or is it that you're an introvert? I think that that would be, if I'm thinking of like people who kind of see me in this online space, I think that is good to know because a lot of the folks that I work with are self-identify as introverts and they're always like, oh, I could never, you know, teach these webinars or do these big group classes or whatever because I'm an introvert. And I'm like, no, no, you, <laughs> this is the perfect thing for you to do actually because you don't have to leave your house. I don't have to like show up in front of everyone. You don't even have to put pants on if you don't want to. Just don't stand up on the Zoom window. Um, But I think a lot of people assume that you have to be very extroverted to have any kind of business where you have a following and you're like putting stuff out there. Um, And I think a lot of people, it's helpful to realize that most of us doing this online business thing, we're introverts. We like we like the safety of the screen for a reason. And pants optional. Yes, (laughs) I do have pants on today. (laughs) It's cold out. (laughs) I see that all over like your website and so it's really cute yeah. it's like, funny. that was all written but be- that was all before COVID where like no nobody was staying home at work and now right. every- yeah obviously like no one's getting dressed to go to work these days what would you say is the worst piece of advice somebody has ever given you Business-wise or life-wise? <laughs> what comes to mind? Like, Was it like... I don't like to put... I don't want to put <laughs> in here. So you get to decide where you want to go with Probably it. like cutting bangs was probably not a good one. <laughs> like they gave you the advice that you needed bangs? Yeah, like you or... should definitely get bangs. It's a great lifestyle choice. Um, it's funny because I think if I think of it business-wise, I can't... I'm sure that there's been bad advice, but there's actually like not one thing that comes up because I think there's things that I'm sure I've been told to do that I've implemented that like haven't worked but 
my brain doesn't register it as bad advice because I'm like, well, whatever it was. I, and I can't even think of an example because whatever it was had me do a thing and then learn something. And then I pivoted this way. And it's sort of like, that's how you get to where you want to go in business. I'm sure there's tons of things along the way, especially in business that I've had coaches or taken programs that told me to do that. I was like, oh, well, that didn't work out, but they've kind of led me down the right path anyway. So and do you find like, did you always have that mentality where you were able to kind of like even take the advice that didn't lead you somewhere where you wanted and just like be able to be like, OK, what's the lesson here? Like, did you always have that? I think so. I don't know if I actively was thinking what's the lesson, but I was always able to kind of take it and just run with whatever the next step was. And I tend to, to make pretty quick decisions and take action on them pretty quickly. So I think if I was ever stuck in a path that I got led down that didn't feel right, I'd kind of make a quick pivot and just go the other direction versus like sit and ruminate on it. Do you have any advice for people that do stick and ruminate? I think it's easy to get stuck in the, um, what's the thing called the sunk cost fallacy where it's like we've invested, we've already invested time or money into a thing. And so therefore we can't pivot out of that thing, um, which, you know, the only advice is like, that's not true. And so I know, I'm not a mindset coach. I'm sure you have better mindset advice around that. But I think just like being aware that that is a thing where our brains do this thing where it's like we've put in so much time, we have to stick it out. And I definitely had a couple career paths like that where I could have gotten stuck, particularly I, I moved to Toronto and I went to a school for two years for holistic nutrition after my after I finished my undergrad and could have e easily been like, well, I have to I have to stick this out because I just put in all this time and money and now I have to do this thing. And and I did feel that way for a while. And I think I just got to a point where I realized it wasn't working. And I was like, well, what if I just pretended I could leave it to the side without any repercussions and like do another thing? And I just kind of let my brain do that for a couple of days. And once I made that switch, I never went back. So I think just being aware when we're stuck in that fallacy of invested time and money and therefore need to stick it out. Yeah, great. And then I guess too, like along the same lines is, you know, for people that are going after their dreams, they're looking to kind of take that step. Is there any sort of special advice that you would want to give them in order to either whether it's jumping through the fear or? Yeah, I think it's because often we have this idea, right? It's like, I'm going to start a business. And so that's a huge thing. That's not just like a thing that you do in one one day. There's lots of different steps to that. Um, and it can feel really big. And I think one of the reasons people get stuck in not doing the thing is because it feels overwhelming. It's like, okay, well, I have to, you know, there's a thousand things I have to do to start a business. So I think if we just break down the big thing into like, Whatever the smallest next step is, it makes our brain more able to actually go and do it. Because um, just thinking of, oh, I'm going to I'm going to leave my job and start a business is like a massive thing that you should just not do overnight anyways. But I think if you can chunk it down into like, what is the actual next thing that I might do or what's like a baby version of that? So instead of like, I'm going to go to start a business, maybe it's like I'm going to go and talk to one person who has this kind of business and just like ask them a couple of questions about it. Like just moving in that direction without it becoming this like huge thing that has to be done. Because I think that's where we often get stuck in our brain, like can't fathom how we can actually make it happen. Yeah, that frozen fear mentality. Yeah. Yeah, right. I get it too. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll have an idea for a business and it feels like a massive thing. And my team has to be like, okay, well, what, like, what's the next thing you need to do for that? I'm like, right. It is, it is just, there's a series of steps. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this. Yeah, just this big idea.
Awesome. Yeah. The, I like to say it's like you've got your big goal and then you've got to chunk down these like little mini. I always say it's like archery. If you were to go to shoot and learn how to do archery and like, that, I don't know, I'm so bad with distances. I'm like 10,000 meters. I have no idea what that is. It's probably not 10,000 meters. <laughs> so, you know, you wouldn't try and shoot for that one first. You'd start with 100 meters. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um. So, Thank you for this. I know you have a Facebook group that you, it's free advice for new business owners, which, you know, I think one of the biggest things that when we're going after our dreams and we're going after these things that kind of seem too large, like you're saying, it's support is so huge Mm -hmm. and having that community, having those people to um, rely on. So I know that you have a Facebook group. I'd love for you to just kind of quickly Talk about yeah. what just in case anyone's listening and uh, they want to join. And yeah, whoever's still on Facebook, I hear it <laughs> just for old people these days. But um, the group, I do, I am still on Facebook a lot just because of groups like this. Um, yeah, so it's a Facebook group. I started it, gosh, probably in 2013 because I noticed I was working with one on one clients at the time. And I was like, they all need to know each other. Like they're all doing this business thing by themselves and they like don't know anyone else who's doing it. And yet I know a bunch of people who are doing it. So I was like, hey, why don't you guys all go in this Facebook group together and like get to know each other and support each other. And so that's how it ended up starting. Um, And now anyone can just join it. But it's a great place to just, if you're doing, if you're trying to start a business alone and no one in your life, like friends or family really understands it or can help answer your questions, um, it's a great place to just go ask questions. If you're like, hey, which website platform should I use? Or like, how do I do this thing in business? Or has anyone had a problem with this? Can you help me? It's like a good place to crowdsource those types of answers. That's a little bit nicer than just Googling them. It can be that first step that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's like just you've not, you're not starting a business. You're just going like poking around business groups, getting to see what this is all about, meeting some other people who are maybe in the same stage as you, who you can, you know, create some accountability with or, or, um, yeah. And I also like it too, because I know it's a safe space because it's not meant for, you know, advertising and you're not getting people that are like, yeah, we try. We're pretty good. At, we're, we're pretty good about it. But we try to just, yeah, shut down and remove anyone who's in there just to promote their business and um, and get clients. It does happen. But yeah, for the most part, it is just people who are in there genuinely asking questions and getting support and helping each other out, which is really nice. And it's 15,000 people in there right now. So yeah, yeah. it's grown a lot. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great spot. So would you say new business owners, experienced business owners, like where should people be on their business journey if they want to join? There's a mix in there. There's a lot of lurkers who like still work full-time jobs <laughs> that don't post anything and just kind of watch and stuff to see what people are doing. And then there's like newer businesses who are in there like quite often asking questions. And then there's more experienced businesses who are in there just generally being good humans and being helpful. And, you know, like they obviously are in there because they're building connections with people who might end up being their clients. But to me, that's not salesy. That's just like smart networking. So they're in there usually just answering questions and being helpful and giving advice in their area of expertise. So really any level of business is great in there. Okay. And what's it called again? It's called Uncaged Lifers. Awesome. And then I've got one more question for you. Very important. (laughs) What is your go-to song to get you out of a funky mood? I was thinking about this and you know what? No song came to mind. And I was like, oh my God, you're so lame. You can't like not have a song. And I was like, okay, but I don't have a song. So I was like, well, what do I do when I'm in a funky mood? Like what would, what would an honest answer be? And that would be probably that I don't have a song, 
but I do have a lot of mountains around me. And so when I, when I am feeling that way, I usually am like, screw it. And I shut down my computer and I grab my hiking shoes and I just go out and I like, you know, I struggle up a mountain <laughs> for a couple hours. And that tends to be, it's still my, it's why I moved to, to where I live now. It tends to be like the best way for me to get out of any kind of funk, any kind of bad mood, any kind of like overthinking in my business. I literally get home sometimes from a hike and I'm like, what was I doing before I even left? Like, I can't even remember what the stressful thing was uh, before I took off and did that. Yeah. So that's my, that's my equivalent of putting on a song and dancing around. (laughs) As long as it gets you out, that's what it's, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I told you before, you are my very first yes. podcast interview guest. Yes, thank so, you. So honored. Thank you for being uh, the the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, it's great to chat with you. Exciting you're going to be doing interviews. Yeah, no, this is exciting. And thank you. It was really great to get to know you, not from your website and social media and have this one-on-one opportunity. So thanks. Yeah, yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for those of you tuning in and thank you, Rebecca. For anyone looking to join Rebecca's Facebook group, you can check them out at Uncaged Lifers or you can visit her website at theuncagedlife.com. I'll include those links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please feel free to give it a rating or subscribe and make sure to send any messages my way about what you'd like to hear next. And until next time, I'll talk to you then.